The following podcast contains spoilers for Sophie's Choice. You have been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Magusto. Hello. Oh, greetings. How are Gu- you? Guten Tag. Guten Abend, as they would say, or Morgan, uh, depending on of course, of course. what time people are listening to this. Uh, it has been a day since our Mudbound episode has been released, mm. and we have not been killed by the KKK. Not yet. Not yet. So I think we're doing pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty Pat on good. the back. Pat on the back, because fuck racism and such. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, how you doing? I'm not bad. My spine hurts a little bit. I've been working hard today, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, lifting mm-hmm. a lot of things up and down and back and forth and to and fro. Mm-hmm. But other than that, just fresh off the heels of Sophie's Choice, and honestly, I don't know what's in more despair, my spine or my eyeballs. Hmm. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and find out. Hey, we uh, shall. But before we get into that, have you watched any movies this week? Would I have a believe? feeling you only watched two, but we'll find out. Would you out. believe I only watched two? I would absolutely believe that. And cause... most of a series. Oh. Um, yeah, series and... aren't impressive to me, okay? Wait, yeah, Everyone watches series. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, what'd you watch? I had we had obviously watched uh, Where the Crawl Dads Sing, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and that was that was a movie, and we watched it, and the review is up on the uh, YouTube, so you already know the deal. Um, and then finally, I am trying not to fall asleep during this. It's not boring. I'm just, I'm, doesn't have my attention. Finally getting into Stranger Things season four. Mm. Um, and I hear the last episode is basically an hour and a half plus and not looking forward to that, but I am at the same time. Yeah. It's a very good season. It's just, I, I really liked season three and I was cool yeah. with how good that was. Should have ended they, with three, honestly. I haven't watched four, but it should have ended with three. Mm. Uh, it it's still going, still good. Um, I think I'm on the last episode now, uh, episode nine. I might finish it tonight. Who knows? I think they're doing a whole nother, like half a season after this. I'm not sure how it's going. I just I just know. I've heard like it's twenty good. different things. So yeah, so have I. <laughs> it's yeah. good. Still watching it. Last episode. Stay tuned next week for the final result. Um, and then, of course, I watched Sophie's Choice, which we shall get into very, yes. very soon. Yes. After you, tell me of what course. you've been doing, you silly boy. So I watched 10 movies altogether and also finished The Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the current, the amount of boys that there are, <laughs> all three mm-hmm. seasons of boys that are currently out. Uh, I really like it. Uh, I told yeah. you in person. That it's getting a little too real for my liking. It's very uh, real. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's great. It's good. But, like, it's a little less fun with how real it is at the mm-hmm. moment. Uh, but I, I still enjoy it. I think it's going to be good. Uh, I actually, uh, you bring up Stranger Things made me think of something and how how it's more of, like, a bunch of mini movies than it is a TV series. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, showrunner for the boys show for those of you who don't know the showrunner while not directing every episode 
directs like the continuity. He's in charge of like everything that happens. So it's essentially the director of a TV show. Mm -hmm. Uh, The directors they get to direct different episodes don't have much creative control. The showrunners, the go-to guy. Uh, So it's a little different for movies than that. And he was he was just talking about how he hates the direction TV is going because it's no longer episodic. It's all like. And I think he was like seriously throwing shade on Stranger Things. He was like, you get like 10 hour and a half long movies and and they are, are, you know, all their own little movies. And then they call it a TV show instead of being episodic. And like, I 100% agree with that. The shows that I like are very episodic. I don't like the shows that are like uh, long movies, um, mm-hmm. un- unless they're miniseries, because that is what a miniseries is. It's a ten-hour-long movie that's split up. Yeah, uh, like uh, Chernobyl. Chernobyl, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so many like co- like continuing shows are just like, oh, we're gonna have like fifty-five-minute episode, an hour and a half episode, two and a half-hour episodes. Like that's mm-hmm. not. TV. That's a bunch of different movies. It's just a bunch of movies, and that's a fine format. But it does bother me, and I I kind of like that uh, the showrunner for the boys doesn't like that because that means that that show will probably never be like that. Um, yeah. So that that makes me happy. It's like, but most then, most cases, it, it it like justifiably you're like okay, like the story needs like a two hour thing or something like or, that. Or but just like at what, that point, yeah. Yeah, what I don't mind is the finale being like an hour and a half to two hours. Mm-hmm. But like every other episode should only be like 30 minutes to an hour yeah. and should be consistent, if you ask me. It shouldn't be all over the place like it is nowadays. Um, it, it then, you kinda, then you have to schedule it. You're like, all right, I got to watch this episode, but I yeah. have to clear out a whole fucking... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like where... Was, I'm sorry, keep going. No, it's fine. It was fine in the early days when instead of being like 22 minutes on the dot... Uh, which is what it would be uh, for like TV shows with commercials. They would bleed into like 25 hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or instead of being 48 minutes on the dot for an hour-long series with commercials, it would be like 50 minutes, 52 minutes. But now it's just completely all over the place and, and just, you know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I'm just nitpicking here. I'm sure it's still a good show, but it does... It makes it harder to plan out when you're going to watch it because I can no longer binge watch TV shows like I used to. Yeah. It do be harder. Yeah. With a small child. Yes. Uh, but other than that, we I ranted about that for four minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I watched ten movies. I'm going to go through these as fast as I can. Uh, the first <laughs> one I watched uh, is on the 1001 movies uh, list. It's going to be uh, in the August episode. It is called Black God, White Devil. Uh, it's a movie from, I believe it's Brazil, and it's essentially just like how people, it's a movie that is about how people like go from cult to cult when they're looking for a religion and everything. It's pretty interesting, mm-hmm. uh, but execution left a lot to be desired. I'll talk about that more in my uh, series there. Then for the 1001 movies, I watched Eyes Wide Shut. First time I had ever seen that. Yes, I had um, very much watched it recently, and I'm yes. kind of excited to listen to what you're going to say about it. Well, you're going to have to wait until August. You're going to have to wait until August. But I love Stanley Kubrick, so it's kind of you know a little bit of a shocker that I waited that long to yeah. watch it. Uh, then for the 1001 movies, I rewatched the Muppet movie, the original Muppet movie from 1979. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's classic. It's the Muppets. What's not to like? But you can find out more what my thoughts are in August when that episode releases. And then we watched When the Crawdad... Where? I did it again. Where <laughs> yeah, the Crawdads... I've been doing sing. it all week, too. 
where the crawdad sing. You can find out what we thought on our review on YouTube. Uh, and then while I was watching the Muppet movie, ki- uh, my son, I keep mm-hmm. almost saying his name. Kid, yes. <laughs> kid, my kid, uh, he watched the Muppet movie with me and he really liked it. So then we watched Muppet Treasure Good. Island. Uh, rewatch for me, obviously. A new one for him. And he also really liked that one. He likes Kermit a lot. He likes Kermit and Fozzie. Kermit, Kermit's pretty great. Kermit is pretty great. Uh, so that, yeah, watch that. Then I, for the 1001 movies, I watched a... Uh, Wong Kar Wai film. Um, uh, he's a director from Hong Kong. Uh, mm-hmm. This one's called Happy Together. It is about this gay couple who uh, kind of run out of money while they're on a tr- backpacking trip in Argentina. So they're both stranded there, but then they break up. So they're kind of like trying to get back on their own. It's it's very interesting. Uh, you yeah, can find out more. Actually, you can find out more of my thoughts on that in uh, the August episode. Uh, then for 1001 movies, I watched Little Caesar, uh, not the pizza joint. Mm-hmm. It's a 1931 gangster movie. Uh, all I will say, because you could find out what I actually thought about it in uh, the August episode, uh, it is absolutely 100% where the, the stereotype of, a, listen here, see, where that came <laughs> from. Because they, at one point, they literally say, listen here, see. And I'm like, I this is... It. I, I'm so glad that this actually came from something. It's just not people <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exaggerating it. Uh, but it's 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 pretty cool that like w- we had heard of that voice without having seen this movie. Yep. Um, so yeah, and that's I, how I, much of an impact it made. Yeah. So uh, you can find out what uh, my more detailed thoughts on that are in August. Uh, then I watched Sophie's Choice, which we'll get into in a minute. Then I watched Richard Linklater's, one of his earlier films. I don't know if it's first, but it's one of his earliest ones called Slacker. The entire thing is literally just like, it's a camera wandering around, I believe, Houston or Austin, wherever he's from in Texas, and mm-hmm. following people and listening to their conversations until the camera follows someone else. It's an interesting concept, but literally every single conversation they have is a conversation. If you have ever been to a college uh, party, it's what you hear. Oh. You hear people like trying to be intellectual and not really saying anything. It's all just mm-hmm. a bunch of word salad. Uh, so it's an hour and 40 minutes of word salad, which I did not care for. But I do get why people like it. It is very unique and uh, very, very indie. It's just, you know, I, I was hoping there would be more. Um, but if you've ever been to college, it's probably going to drive you insane. Yeah, I bet. And then I literally just got home from seeing Marcel the Shell with shoes on, and I'm sorry, I thought you didn't want to see it, so I didn't <clears> bother <throat> inviting you. It's um, all right. I'm, I'll talk to you today. <laughs> Tomorrow, you don't don't bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, A24 film, of course, um, about a talking shell named Marcel, played by Jenny Slate. And uh, I forget the director's name, uh, Dean Fleischer or something or other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can open it up. Give me one second. Open it up. Dean Fleischer Camp, uh, who actually used to be married to Jenny Slate, and then they got separated. But it's, uh, I think they're, they're, they made a film together, so I'm assuming that they're both cool with each other in one way or another. Um. But yeah, it's a very charming movie. I think it gets a little lost at the end. It kind of rushes the end of it, but I, I do really, I like it for the most part. It's a very fun, charming movie uh, mm-hmm. that people people should check out. Uh, but that does it 
for the movies I saw. Uh, I went through that as long as it took me to talk about the boys and TV shows. <laughs> so there's that. But let's get into your movie that you chose, Sophie's <sighs> Choice. It was a season of delight in a place called Brooklyn. The season of Sophie. Of Sophie and Nathan and a young man called Stingo. I love that the piece. All summer long they were together, drawing ever closer to the mystery of Sophie. Ever closer to her unthinkable secret. Sophie. Oh, please don't go! Don't go away from me, please! When I told you that the only thing I absolutely demand of you, the only single thing, is fidelity? Sophie's Choice. Sophie is the survivor of Nazi concentration camps uh, who has found a reason to live with Nathan, a sparkling, if unsteady, American Jew obsessed with the Holocaust. It is directed by Alan J. Pakala, written by William Styron, uh, in the screenplay by also Alan J. Pakala. It stars Meryl Streep, Kevin Klein, and Peter McNichol. McNichol, yeah. That's what I said. You. You guys never listen. That's really those those three are the really biggest ones in there. Everybody else can kind of just background people. But, yeah, for uh, the most part. But yeah, I had picked this because I didn't do my research just now. There's there was a YouTube channel that deals with movies, and they usually do like top top five, top tens, or whatever's um, cinefix of just general movies and categories and stuff like that. And usually, this was a very consistent movie on most of their categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided you hadn't seen it. <laughs> I hadn't seen it. <laughs> Let's see it. <laughs> so here we are. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, dear Lord, I know it's. I know it was fucking sad. That's I'll say that I knew about the choice, but I, that was really the only thing I had known, other than it being a younger Merle Streep. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I had unfortunately been aware of what the choice actually was uh, before watching it. I feel like it would have had more impact if I had not known that. Uh, yeah. But regardless, uh, for those, I mean, we had spoiler warning at the beginning. Uh, the choice is while in the concentration camp, a Nazi officer makes her choose between uh, having one child live and one child die. She has two children, and uh, she is. Uh, you know, she doesn't want to make the choice, obviously, mm-hmm. and then they kind of force her hand by saying we'll, we'll kill them both, and she kind of just blurts one of them out. And that part, my God, the the actress that got to play her daughter in that, yeah, was too good. I couldn't handle how good she was. Like it, mm-hmm. it broke my heart, even knowing that it's just it's Meryl Streep, and it, I mean it also, you know doesn't hurt that that thing that situation probably did happen in concentration camps many of Uh, times many 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 times it's unfortunately probably not a unique thing Mm. and it was just heartbreaking and they the actress they got for that little girl like they could have easily just gotten like a you know I'm worried. Like, did they tell the little girl what was happening, or did they just like hurt her feelings, or what happened? They were probably like, "We're taking that fucking toy away," and she's like, uh, "No!" Uh, was, I don't know. Oh my god! But she, uh, yeah, it wreaked havoc upon it, my heart. It, like my my, obviously, I've never been in that situation. God willing, mm. I will never be in that situation. Uh, but like my instincts 
probably not the best thing to do because you'd probably get all three of us killed. But I would like just just being a witness to that. I would have like attacked that Nazi. Like, yeah, I don't know. I I I. It's hard. I, it's, it's easy to say that when you're not in the situation. I have no idea how I would act in that situation, but it's just I don't know. It makes me angry now being a dad seeing people like not fight for their kids even though it was probably the smarter thing to do mm-hmm. uh i just feel like i'm not trying to talk a big game either it's just how i feel i feel like i would probably be dead in that situation because i would attack a nazi <laughs> oh, i'd probably be dead too i ain't no lie uh, about that but again, i'm not gonna hype myself up about it. yeah i'm not hyping myself up either but it just it made me that angry where it's just like just fucking deck him. Like you yeah. get one good hit. He's not gonna die. You might die, but like at least your kid would know you fought for them. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's their last seconds and they're about to die too, they would know that you fought for them. And that mm-hmm. to me is more important than uh, a long and painful death. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Good I, movie. I, good movie. I felt that. Yeah. <laughs> um. I. So the rest of the movie <laughs> is what we yeah. have to talk about. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll go on record saying this, that I think I hype myself too much on this movie, knowing that I watched all these other videos saying that it was kind of like a masterpiece in a way. Mm-hmm. And then I, that part was, and most of the parts was just Meryl Streep period are, and even mm-hmm. Kevin Klein. but there's a lot of, a lot of movie where I just was kind of lackluster to me in a lot of, cause it's a two and a half hour long movie and a lot of it deals with, um, uh, Merle Streep and Kevin Klein's characters. And then, uh, Peter McNichol, um, kind of in their, in their space and just hanging out with them and Being learning awkward about third them. wheel. Yeah. Um, and I think his character took me out of a lot of it. Because you, you're the yeah. third wheel. You're the outside looking in to this relationship and who they both are as people. And it's just this thick southern accent on top of it, which also took me out of it. Um, I don't even know if he has a southern accent or not. If it was a choice, it was a choice. But uh, <laughs> he, he has a slight one. And then whenever Kevin Klein is making fun of him. It's much yeah. like he puts on a much thicker one. Uh, by the way, Kevin Klein plays a great asshole. He's he's he is such a good asshole. I feel like he's an underrated actor. Um, mm. uh, and I I really like everything I've seen him in. And he he just plays such a good asshole. He's but and like in a way where you still kind of like him, even though he's mm-hmm. being a complete asshole, uh, which is important if you're playing like a protagonist who's an asshole, you have to be likable. And yeah. he does that very well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My my favorite of his roles are are still Road to El Dorado. Man, that voice I can't. That yes. voice and him and Kenneth Branagh they both ring true to my ears every time I hear them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, as far as like the movie went, I don't know. It 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 just took me out of it for most of that. But learning about uh, Merle Streep's character and uh, what air quote I'm air quoting. You can't see it. Air quotes what <laughs> she had been through the first time. And then actually learning what she had been through um, was kind of riveting. It was like, a, you know, she was telling this story to kind of ease herself and, you know, not tell other people and bring up those dreadful memories. Yeah, and she's then telling half-truths. Yeah, and then she eventually opens up about 
the actual circumstances of what happened. Um, yeah. Uh, and it was uh, just so good, man. Yeah. While I do like that part, I was actually, I agree that uh, Peter McNichols' part is kind of weird, uh, especially his horniness. Like he, he's he's a little too creepy for me. It's that, uh, and it doesn't feel deserved in any way. Yeah. It feels like he's just kind of trying too hard. Uh, to, it doesn't feel like he's there for her. He's just got this lust over her. It doesn't feel yeah. like love. To it feels point, like lust. Yeah, to the point where, like, after he she tells him this heartbreaking story about what happened to her children and the horrible things she had to go, they have sex mm-hmm. afterwards. Like yeah. that. That just. Like how how could you even think about sex after hearing that horrible yeah. horrible story? And he, I know he, I know he, he does a little monologue after, but like it it still didn't feel right in in yeah, in it. I, I know he's like, oh, I don't know if she was numbing the pain or whatever, but like, how how could you want mm-hmm. that after? Like, how could either of you? It so makes like, sense yeah, for like, her because she's trying to numb the want, pain, but like, like, why would you let that happen? Like. It's it's just it's creepy. It's gross. It's 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 all because not, he was an eighteen year old younger Steve Carell, a little yeah, twenty two year old virgin. Twenty twenty two year old virgin, yeah. And, and like you know, sex is great, but like I, after I heard that story, I'd be like, yeah, I'm I'm good. I don't mm-hmm. I don't need nothing at the moment. Thanks for yeah. asking. <laughs> Can we um, just cuddle? <laughs> <laughs> Cuddling would make sense after that. That is a Absolutely. that is a very comforting thing. Uh but I was uh I really was fascinated by uh Meryl Streep and Kevin Klein's relationship in this. Where mm-hmm. that was like the the best part in my opinion. I I know like the whole point is her Holocaust story and that was definitely a huge factor in it. But compared to when they were just like having their on-again, off-again relationship and and her kind of always bringing him back even though uh, he probably didn't deserve it. That was interesting to me. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to say, like, it's, I don't think that it is bad enough where it, you know, advocates for sticking with a, a an emotionally or mentally abusive person. Mm-hmm. But, like, she seemed to know something that that the audience didn't until much later. So it was very believable that, like, she just, like, she knew that, because you find out later he's a paranoid schizophrenic, which my grandfather was a paranoid schizophrenic, so, like, mm-hmm. and my, my, my grandmother obviously stayed with him for their entire lives. And so it the fact that, like, she was able to know that without having any reason to know and just kind of keep forgiving him and, and know that, like, sh- she was kind of there to take care of him and vice versa in a way, help them forget their, their issues. Uh, I thought that was a, a very beautiful thing. You know, obviously not when he, when he became belligerent and abusive, yeah. it wasn't funny. It wasn't like charming then, but like the way they met was incredibly sweet. The, the way they were when they're at their best was so believable and warm and, 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 you know, I hate romance in movies, but it was very romantic. Is yeah, it was. I found found that very interesting. And then uh, you're absolutely right. Peter McNichols' character kind of just kind of took away from that and added a creepiness to it. It would be it would be one thing if he he wasn't exactly the third wheel that was always with them, and he wasn't kind of our main character. Mm-hmm. It'd be fine if it was Meryl Streep's point of view, and he was kind of there often. 
But yeah. he he's our looking glass through this whole story, and it, it doesn't feel right. You don't feel connected to him other than him yeah. being your inner monologue throughout this whole thing. And you find out why at the end, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, they they commit suicide. Um, although, I don't know, do they clarify if Sophie was a suicide or if, like, Nathan they, forced they her? Both, they both took it. They both took the cyanide? Yeah, willingly. Um, yeah, I, I was pretty sure that's what happened, but wasn't sure if I missed something. Uh, but that, that was a thing that was like, <clears throat> it was very big in books to have like a third person narration to tell someone else's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you kind of get that with Shawshank Redemption with, uh, you follow the red is the narrator. It's not, um, uh, I forget Tim Robinson's character, but he's the red's the narrator. That was a big thing for, for books back then where it's just like, they would not break from the narration, uh, to to in order to tell the story and it would have been better if they broke like like from Mudbound yeah. last week where they had multiple narrators it would have been better that way if you followed them and you know Peter McNichol as Stingo came in every now and then and wasn't quite as creepy and mm-hmm. not so horned up my god man spray some cold water in his face or something yeah uh yeah it's this this one was a little tough on me. I, I expected too much from it, um, but I still loved it genuinely. Like, the story there is is fantastic, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I was just expecting a little bit different and not what exactly we got. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. If it, if it was two and a half hours, not from his point of view, I would have been fine with it, but it was, so it felt like it could have been dumbed down a little bit to, like, two. Yeah, I'd agree. Um and I just want to get this off my chest now. Okay. Uh, the, the, the little uh, secretary guy in the flashback when Merle Streep's trying to figure out uh, Emile Dickens. I was about to say the same thing. I, that guy's a fucking dick. First of all, how are you a librarian <laughs> yeah. and not hear Emil, Emil Dickens and think Emily Dickinson? Yeah. I am not. I, I barely passed my senior year of English. Like, and do you I sit still, there and go, you mean Emily Dickens? Or what? what Dickinson. Emily yeah, Dickinson? But, How do you not just sit there yeah, and go, like, oh, do you mean uh, this? Like, she, clearly she's struggling with a language, and you're just like... There's a big old bug can, flying can I, in front of me. Not Hold the on. bug. Uh, Swat that with an Emil Dickinson. I don't know what it is. Fucking it's book. A, a bug I've never seen before. Oh, Christ. The mutations have begun. Ah. Uh, oh. Are you alive? <laughs> I've trapped it under a uh, Phillies helmet. G- Let's see if it gets out because there's a little gap at the bottom. But it's, a, it's it'll, a chonky boy. It'll grow <laughs> in six years. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, like he's a librarian. How do you not hear Emil Dickens? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, there is no Emil Dickens. There's a Charles Dickens. Yeah. And you don't go, um, Emily Dickinson? Yeah. Am- it, I mean, American it, poet? You're looking for American poet? Emily Dickinson. There we go. It, it led up to, you know, her having anxiety and passing out and then mm-hmm. um, Kevin Klein's character coming in and then, you know, s- sweeping her off Guy her feet. Guy didn't even apologize. Didn't apologize at all. Didn't He's like, apologize. Oh, didn't even help her out. <laughs> Just what washed a, her face. Like, this fucking a, bitch is on my floor now. What a bastard. What, what a, a real piece of jerk. shit. <sighs> Not cool. All man. he was missing was being horny. Then he was just a real piece of shit the whole time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that that I, that was fucking annoying for me. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? 
I'd be carrying in the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the entire time, I was just like, it was, it was like that one TikTok where it's like, where's the cheese? Under the sauce. Under the sauce. Like, <laughs> and when she was like, Emile Dickens, and he's like, there is no Emile Dickens. I'm like, Emily Dickinson. There's She's Charles under the Dickinson. Sauce. She means Emily Dickinson. <laughs> she means Emily yeah. Dickinson. Just built up. <laughs> I was I was furious. Yeah, same here. Um, but going back to the the kind of the big thing about this movie is when she has to choose between. Um, I I already knew about it when she has to choose choose between her children and she picks yeah. one of them. I wish I didn't know that. That would have been huge to not know, mm-hmm. but. Of course, because I knew that, it didn't get me. But going back to the kid screaming, that's what was like, oh, I didn't cry because I, in the situation, I'm like, I already know this makes yeah. me sad. But like, it still like hit hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that that's that's the part that really makes this whole thing is just yeah. that that whole mini story that she tells. Same here. Um, yeah. and then it goes back to just fucking guy being guy, you know. <laughs> What's better than this? Just guys being dudes. Just, just guys being dudes. <laughs> no, I, I, he, he was definitely the worst part. Like, that was a, you know, Hollywood does that from time to time. We're like, we need to have sex in this. Like, no, you don't. Not mm-hmm. everything needs to have sex in it. Like, especially that whole scene where that chick is raving about fucking. And then, and then once, then, yeah. And then it once was, it happens, it's like, this is why men get confused, okay? <laughs> Yeah, not, I, I, and not advocating this, by the way. I'm just <laughs> um, if you've it, seen the movie, you know for a fact that she absolutely led him on big like, time. There is even even like the most feminist of women would be like, I it, it because he didn't try any further once he knew there was a problem. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It, like, but like she definitely was just like. She's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, 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 let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And then time came. I could talk about it, but I can't do it. All right, lady, get out of my face, please. (laughs) That was a weird scene, too. It was very completely unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Just padding the runtime. Hold on. Let me see who produced this. I need to know who produced this. Produce it up. Okay. It's not who I... I mean, I, I knew it probably wasn't him, but like Harvey Weinstein would put that shit in movies just to be a pervert, yeah, a predatory pervert like he is. Um, but yeah, he did not produce this, so uh, yeah, someone else was a predatory pervert apparently. Yeah, look at that. Um, but uh, in Hollywood, e gasp. <laughs> uh, this movie made me realize there is no greater evil in this world. Than ending a movie on a freeze frame. I've never liked it. I will never like it. Freeze frames are the devil unless they're played for laughs. But like when you have a serious a serious freeze frame, like in this or <laughs> especially the freeze frame that this one was, too. Yeah. Homie walked out of frame on a bridge and then Merle Streep's face. <laughs> yeah. It was so stupid. And I, I hate freeze frames. Uh, they should never have existed ever. Mm. So anyway, that's all Hallelujah. I got to say. 
Yeah, um, I I think I've reached my the end of my bucket. You know, yes. I'm, I don't have any more little pieces of paper to list examples of things. Yes. So yes. that does it for our review for Sophie's Choice. That brings us to the judgment. Glenjamin Button, as always, mm-hmm. I almost forgot this part. As always, it needs to be unanimous decision whether or not it goes on the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Glenjamin Button, you picked Sophie's Choice. I so did. So what is your Sophie's Choice for if um, it's a shelf boy? The choice, the choice that I'm picking is... <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I, I genuinely I liked this movie. Uh, I think my high expectations kind of ruined the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, many of the other examples that we had talked about. Um, and if, if it was just the story that Merle Streep was talking about and, you know, just what her and Kevin Klein have been through, I would absolutely put this on the shelf. But there's so many other parts of it that just don't want me to put it on. It kind of took my attention away most of the time. So I'm like, uh, dreading kind of, not dreading watching it, but like, kind of like, oh man, I wish I was back to that story we were just talking about. Yeah, it would have been cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think sadly, I, I, I don't think I'm going to put it on the shelf. Oh, okay. But what do you think? Uh, I think this is one of the rare times we disagree. I know, uh, I, I saw your rating, and I was like, e-gasp, again. Yeah, I I was not as distracted by the the jumps in story, Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, even though I didn't care for his character, at least the creepiness, uh, I felt um, that uh, Peter McNichol did a pretty decent job. Uh, The acting by all three is pretty phenomenal. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the writing's very good. Uh, It's got very memorable moments uh and while i do think there is uh some you know jumps and stories that don't go over quite as smoothly and it could have definitely cut out at least half an hour uh i i still really enjoyed it so i would say it does go on the shelf but that doesn't matter because you said no i'm a piece of shit no you're not I would, I would still give this like a solid three and a half yeah but i don't know i i didn't enjoy it as much as i thought i would sadly hmm, that's fine Ah, uh, so Sophie's Choice does not make it on the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaid, and that's going to shock a few people, honestly. That is going to shock uh, a few people. <laughs> but that brings us to our assignment for next week. It is Streaming Roulette Week. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know what that is, we spin a very real giant wheel with all of the movies that are on all the streaming services we subscribe to, and we spin it three times. It's a very real wheel. It makes very real noises. Yeah, listen now. <laughs> We didn't spin it yet, but that's what it that, that was a clip from last last that, time. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we spin that three times, and then we pick the movie that is most interesting to us. Uh, when we, uh, we 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 pick one, we pick one out when of the three. That's what it is. I don't know why I'm still talking this up. Anyway, without any further ado, here comes the first spin. Don't go breaking my heart. It's uh that's what it's called from 2011. Is this a Elton John movie? Uh, no. It is. <clears throat> Let's see. I want to say it's Korean, but I have not gotten confirmation yet. Uh, oh, Hong Kong. It's from Hong Kong hmm. and/or China. Uh, Don't go breaking my heart. An original twist on an inter- eternal triangle where secret crush and unrequited, unrequited. 
unrequited, one of those pronunciations, unrequited love, take on altogether newfangled meanings of their own. Another love triangle. I love (laughs) that they use the word newfangled, though. So already points in my book. Uh, This is going to be available on Netflix. It is directed by Johnny Toe, written by uh, Javon's Ao, Riker Chen, and Y Ka Fei. As always, if I mispronounce these, I apologize. It is starring Louis Ku, Yuan Yuan Gao, uh, Daniel Wu, and Hin Wai Ao. Uh, and that is on Netflix. It is six six point five out of ten. Looks like a rom com, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. So don't go breaking my heart. That is the first movie. Here comes spin number two. The harder they fall from nineteen fifty six. Oh, Humphrey God. Bogart. Uh, oh, I love Humphrey Bogart. Uh, all of the ones that I'm seeing are all um, Rent. What the hell? Oh, Criterion Channel. Oh, okay. There we go. Yep. Uh, harder they fall. Oh, let me add let me services just, in let there. Let me just. Yeah. Okay. It looks like it should be. I'm gonna check on my phone real quick. I'm sorry that you're gonna have all this dead air to cut, but it's, it's okay. Yes. So the harder they fall is on Criterion Channel. Uh, 1956, an ex-sports writer is hired by a shady fight promoter to promote his latest find, an unknown but easily exploitable rising star from Argentina. It's directed by Mark Robson, written by uh, Philip Jordan, and based on the novel by Bud Schulberg, starring Humphrey Bogart, Rod Steiger, uh, Jan Sterling, and Mike Lane. Uh, I've seen Rod Steiger in a lot this year. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is going to be on Criterion Channel, 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Not bad. There we go. So here comes spin number three. <laughs> Equinox Flower, 1958. And some old films again. This is on HBO. Yeah. HBO Max. Uh, it is Japanese, it looks like. A businessman clashes with his elder da- daughter over her choice of husband, directed, as always, Please forgive my pronunciation. Directed <laughs> by Yasujiro Ozu. Uh, written by Tone Satomi. Uh, Yasujiro Ozu. Uh, I pronounced that worse than I did the first time. And Ko- Kogo Noda. Uh, is starring Shin Saburi, Kinuyo Tanaka, Iniko Arima, and Yoshiko Kuga. Uh, that is on HBO Max. And that is our third spin. I am leaning the harder they fall, personally. I am also. um, Equinox Flower also doesn't seem too bad. It'd be kind of nice to see a Japanese film that's not um, samurai-related for me, at least. So uh, this might be added to the list if we don't pick it. Yeah, I think I... It's also a comedy-drama from the 50s Japanese, too. So that'd be, be a little different. It would be. Uh, I think I'm still leaning the harder they fall. I that's, do want to watch fine. Equinox Flower. Yeah, I'm adding it to the list right now, actually. Uh, me too. Let me do that. Mm. Boop, 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 boop. Equinox Flower is added to the watch list. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, our assignment for next week is The Harder They Fall. That That is our choice. That is what we've decided <laughs> to pick. Uh, that, again, is available on Criterion Channel. I love Humphrey Bogart. I've been loving Rod Steiger lately, so I'm excited for this. Eddie, you're a big talent. You're a real, real big talent. I used to read your column every day in the newspaper, and then when the newspaper folded, I missed it. Yeah, well, let's skip the build-up. Get down to the main event. All righty. 
I got a position I want you to fill. Now, it's not the usual press agent's routine. It's an important job that calls for an important man that pays important money, and I think you're important. Interested? Well, I didn't come here to work out. All righty. Look, the fun. George! What's he doing? Getting ready, Mr. Benko. Well, tell him to hurry it up. Yes, sir. Okay. Eddie, the fight game in this country is falling apart. The boys are all getting too smart. They all want to go to college. They want to become doctors. They want to become lawyers. They don't want to fight for a living. So I sent a couple of the boys abroad to find me some new material. I think they came up with a winner. He just got off the boat this morning. The guy's name is uh, Toro Marino. Toro Marino? I never heard of him. Well, I told you he's new, didn't I? Uh, but thank you everyone for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I'm Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we knock each other out. Yeah, straight. Uh, uh, deck it. each other's faces. And then we probably are going to open up our spoiler announcement with, listen here, see? <laughs> yeah, goddammit. What else could we do? That's our go-to for any Humphrey Bogart movie, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) It's perfect. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.